0: We got a black hawk down, we got a black hawk down.
1: Mrs. French's cat is missing. The signs are posted all over town. Have you seen Honey? We've all seen the posters, but nobody has seen Honey the cat. Statistical fact... Cops will never pull over a man with a huge bomb in his car. Why? They fear this man. They know he sees farther than they. We'll bind them
2: with ancient logics.
3: And probably the most important thing, don't ever feed him after midnight.
0: What do you mean,
3: biblical?
1: What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff.
3: Exactly.
0: Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky, rivers and seas boiling. 40 years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Hello,
1: everybody, and welcome again to the Good Trash <laughs> genre cast, where you get to play the drinking game. How many times will the word thing? Be said in this week's show Because it is a certain word That is very difficult to avoid Especially when the film in question is the thing Which is a movie you would never ever see On a film study syllabus And that's what we do here at this show But before we get any further into all of that We need to do some introductions across the table if you would sir
3: I am Arthur Gordon And these introductions are pure nonsense Doesn't mean a thing
1: (laughs) Absolutely true, to my left
0: My name is Dalton Stewart and I know you've all been Through quite a bit lately but I'd rather not spend the rest of the winter tied to this fucking couch. <laughs>
1: that's my favorite line. <laughs> to my right
2: ma'am, if you would. My name's Alexandra Bohannon, and I don't know what the hell is in there, but it's weird and pissed off, whatever it is.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> my name is Dustin Sells, and I am just so glad to be here with you all to talk about John Carpenter's name above the title, The Thing. That's, really? actu-
2: that's cool. actually a thing, though. I- to so forgive the phrase is to have the name above the title.
1: Yeah, it well, it's actually the name of the uh, biography of Frank Capra. Who's in Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life, etc. But to have your name above the title means that you, as director, are more important mm-hmm. than Quentin said, Tarantino's blank, Alfred Hitchcock's Rear
0: Window. There's not very many filmmakers who. It is the rare filmmaker who is such hot shit that the studio knows having their name next to the title would make more money.
1: And in the case of John Carpenter, it may be a bit of pretension. Yeah, he's a bit of Just a bit. Yeah. saying. Yeah. But because he loves him some Howard Hawks, who happened to have directed the original version of the thing, and Howard Hawks very often had his name above the title as well. And so, that's what's going on with that.
2: Well, fantastic. So, Although,
0: let, if, if the discerning listener will remember, but way, way, way back on episode one, we did... John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct Thirteen, which was his first film with his name above the title, so
1: fun fact, which is only his second film ever. Yes, but, wow. But at that point, he was already like, "Yeah,
0: I got this." Yeah, yeah. With, with with
1: Assault on when you're independent, you can
3: do whatever you want. So <laughs>
1: that's fair enough. Well, guys, before we move on, I do want to warn the dear listener: this is not a review show. It's an analysis show. So we're going to break down the movie. There's going to be some spoiler for spoilers. We will talk about in whom the thing happens to exist. All of that which brings tension to the film. But before we do that, we'll do a quick synopsis from The Voice of the Cinema and then our quick thumbs-up, thumbs-down reviews. And if you choose to dare into the Arctic tundric wastes of our analysis, you are entering into spoiler territory and there's no telling what you might be infected with. So, consider yourself warned.
0: Spoiler alert, The Thing is Kurt Russell's father, and Keith David set it all
1: up from the beginning. That is all correct. Well, Mr. Arthur Gordon, voice the cinema, could you grace us with a synopsis?
3: Scientists in the Antarctic are confronted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of the people that it kills.
1: It's the faculty, except for in the Arctic, except for us before the faculty, and better. But let's move on. Let's do our quick thumbs up, thumbs down, quick reviews. I ask you first, Mr. Arthur Gordon, what say you?
3: Uh, it's a good movie. It's just not for me. It's just not my cup of tea. Uh, not really my wheelhouse. Uh, I, I love the practical effects. I think it's technically solid all the way around. Carpenter's a great hand. Uh, no different here. I, I struggle a lot with Carpenter's pacing. Uh, through a lot of his films he's a very methodical director and it, it, he, it has to be especially here with the theme because he's building this atmosphere and this claustrophobia of who, who's the monster who's going to kill who and you know what are we going to believe and so it's very important to this film but it just it just takes me out of it a lot of times and so it's, I'm not going to disregard this film's value I think it's a very well made film I think it's a very good film but it's just not my cup of tea
1: yeah it's taste I understand that totally thank you very much Mr. Arthur Gordon Mr. Donald Stewart what say you?
0: You know, uh, this is
3: the second
0: time I've seen The Thing. Uh, and, and I think I might like it a little less than I did. The first time I, I watched it, just blew my face off. I still like this movie a whole lot, uh, more than Arthur, uh, I think. Um, I think it's great. I, I, I think the pacing works. Um, I will agree with Arthur that maybe it does drag in some points, but it's all building up to this conclusion, which I think is really... Um, the scares and the gore are all really well spaced out, and Escalating, they escalate. It's always building to something more. Uh, And and say what you will about the thing, it has one of the most suspenseful scenes ever, with everyone tied to the chairs, and that whole sequence is just nail-bitingly tense. Uh, It's so, it's so fabulous, and um, I like this movie a lot. I mean, I I definitely pushed for us to talk about it as we opened up our um, our two-part, two months of Shocktober. I definitely pushed for this to be a film we talked about, and I'm glad we did. But yeah, I, I think it might have, now that I've seen it the once, I think the, the initial um, holy shit, I can't believe how good these effects still look might have worn off for me, and I realized more of it's faults. But uh, It's still really, really well made. Um, Kurt Russell's still fabulous. He always is. Um, the film's still tense, and um, I think it's fun. I think it's probably going to be the most fun horror film that we do over these next two months. Because it's, it's really more adventure-thriller, I think, than um, you know than it is proper horror, if you know what I mean. Oh, wait. I'd Never say mind. my
2: selection would be... I'd say only, only
0: time will tell. I remembered, we're doing another film that'll be more fun. But still, when you think horror films, you don't normally think of a film being exciting and fun, you know what I mean? It's fun, but a different sort of fun. But at the end of the day, I still like it. I still think it works really well. Maybe just... Uh, I might have to downgrade how fabulous and perfect I used to, I thought it was
1: for a time. Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much. Mr. Donald Stewart, Miss Alexandra Bohan, what Thank you?
2: I didn't like it. I hate to say it. I didn't like it. And it's beyond, I think, taste for me. I, um, I can concede, because I watched this with Dalton, and we had a nice t- chat afterwards. And I can concede there are some really good filmmaking aspects, some great pacing, and really nail-biting, tense driven scenes. However, I just the, I didn't, I wasn't really invested from the beginning because I felt like I, my suspension of disbelief was stretched really thin, and I know it's a horror movie, but I didn't even feel like in this alternate universe, Earth, these events could occur, and that's a kind of a problem for me. Um, I also felt like the gore was really cool, and I really appreciated it. But... I have to say that after learning that, like, a 21- to 22-year-old was the in charge of the visual effects, that makes a lot of sense to me, because it was basically a 21- to 2-year-old two two year male given a, a hundred million hundred million, $100,000 visual effects budget and say, go nuts, and everything was covered in at least five buckets of Nickelodeon slime. And I get, that is appreciated, I guess, but it's just, it's... I don't know. I don't feel like the whole thing, any of it, really worked for me at all, and that's just my
1: five well, cents. Very much for that, Miss Alexandra Bohannon. I, I like the movie. Okay, it's fun. It, it is more of a adventure sort of story. I, I do think uh, we need to fire the uh, the costuming director because that's the worst hat I've ever seen. I love that for, hat. For I love with, that hat. That is the worst hat ever in the history of hats. It is. A, <laughs> it's a very bad hat, Harry. Um, but, <laughs> Very good. Um, I'm moving right along. I, I do think the practical effects... I like how practical they are. They are a bit over the top and gory. There is this sort of uh, flower petal opening of the face of the doll. Oh, my God. It's so cool. Which is super gross uh, so and, cool. and fun, And which kind of relates back to the original film because the... Uh, the things, the thing itself is sort of a plant, yeah. people, sort of oh. thing. Yeah. Makes sense. So there's a little connect the dots for those who are in the know. There, there is a um, sort of a visual cue of the burning body of, of, of the thing running out in the snow, um, although to extra effect. Overall, I think it's a lot of fun. I think Kurt Russell's performance is just fine. It, it, it's a fine sort of you know claustrophobic thriller. I don't like it nearly as well as Howard Hawks's film, and uh, I haven't seen the 2012 uh, prequel remake. 2011, whatever year that is, uh, remake. But it, it, it's alright. It's not a movie I'm going to come back to. Um, it's not one where I said, oh, I want my, you know, two hours back. But at the same time, like, yeah, this is... This is so strange. You remember when we talked about Big Trouble in Little
0: China? Mm-hmm. is so weird. You guys like that movie a lot. I mean, I it's hilarious. Didn't give a shit. And I like this so much more than... It's so weird. Mm, it is it's weird. weird. It's, it's interesting how one filmmaker can make films that... The
1: same people have such different reactions to you. Know what I mean? No. Yeah. Well, let's do what we do, folks, and let's move on and do some analysis because that's what the kids are here to hear us do. So let's let's talk about what's going on, on the inside of the film. I ask you first, Mister Dalton Stewart, what say you?
0: Well, listener, you <laughs> might remember uh, a couple weeks ago when we did Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, I talked about masculinity um, as a destructive force, and I, I referenced um, Michael S. Kimmel eh, on uh, our episode over Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, and, and how he talks about masculinity as a destructive force And I kind of went back to that again On My viewing of the thing And I think it's hard not to Considering the, 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 just a bunch of dudes in this movie dudes. Just dudes. dudes Unless you count the The female
1: the, voice you, of the Chessman machine
0: That, that he
2: destroys That he kills
0: with alcohol um, Maybe the temperance movement was right I don't know Probably not Um <laughs> But the thing that I thought about here while watching this is, obviously we have to think about some of the gender roles at play here. I mean, it'd be silly, when you have a cast that's dominated by uh, one gender, I think it's kind of silly to not at least think about it, you know what I mean? So, so I started to think about that, and I really started to think about what, what aspects do we see of, of masculinity as a, you know, traditionally performed masculinity do we see coming out in this film? And the one that I kept thinking about was this idea of self-reliance. Uh, this this lack of of need for others. Uh, and that, the more I thought about that, the more I, I started to think about this film's treatment of the other. You know, when we talk about the other in academia, what we're typically talking about is, is other people. Um, and people that some of us choose to make an other and try to take away some of their humanity because we don't understand them. And it makes treating them badly easier... If you other them, if, if you're following me, that's correct. And, and what I thought about was masculinity and its ability to create the other here, but really, and again, the thing has no name. It is other. It is something else. It is something we don't even have a name for. It is something that is here to kill us. And here we see this this self reliance as an aspect of you know traditional masculinity taking shape in that nobody trusts anybody from the time they figure out the purpose of the thing. Now, again, they shouldn't. In, you know, the plot and the logic of the film, obviously they have no reason to trust one another. But I think it's substantial here when we think of, look at how just butch and masculine and tough and awesome. I mean, you know, Kurt Russell's the star of this movie. Also, Keith David's there. Two guys who have made a career playing cool, tough guys. Uh, So I think it's interesting that what we see here is basically the death of all of these people because they refuse to cooperate with one another Uh, and that isn't necessarily part of the logic of the film now in the final fight uh, if you want to call it that there is some cooperation of a sort but again the reason things go to crap so quickly is this refusal to work together because they don't trust one another and again i get that within the logic and the plot of the film it makes sense for them not to trust one another But it's hard not to find that relevant or interesting when you look at just how masculine the film is. Uh, And I think that's interesting that it's saying, maybe, uh, to my mind, definitely not on purpose, but I think what it's saying is, you know, you you can choose to assume yourself reliant, but what's going to happen is you're just going to be stuck in the middle of nowhere waiting to freeze to death. Is what's probably going to happen in the end. Because if you refuse to cooperate with others, you're just going to alienate yourself from everyone. And nobody's gonna like you very much. Uh, and then you're gonna get, you know, your hands bitten off by a dude's stomach.
1: Which is unfortunate. Yeah, but...
0: really not a great way to go. And then, you know, head clamped man, this is a corey movie in the best way. Oh, the head crab thing? How cool the is that? The head crab was pretty awesome. Head spider, whatever you want to call I like it? it. Oh my god, so cool. The dog I I love the dog flower thing. Whew. Ooh, I I love's the I, wrong word. Yeah, love is. definitely the word. wrong word. Intrigued and horrified. I love by dogs.
2: I felt so sad for more so the dogs than I did the humans dying. Like I, I just felt like there was. It's like good to know that you place more
0: importance on uh, animals than human beings. Yeah. Well, no, I'm
2: heartless. Well, on Sorry. that note, and, and right.
1: with that transition, Miss Alexander Bohannon, oh. what analysis would you offer?
2: Well, um, I a couple of things. Kind of in the same vein As Dalton today um, There's this concept Throughout the movie that I felt come up over and over Again Was the idea of McCarthyism Which uh-huh. McCarthyism, if you recall Joseph McCarthy in the 1950s kept on Pointing out famous celebrities And people it just evolved into this huge Debacle about accusing everybody Of being a communist And definitely throughout this movie, after we get through that really long, like, exposition phase, we get to the point of, I feel like, the true movie. I wish there was some way we could have had, like, what happened in the first half on, like, a title card. I know that's not realistic. And then get to the the tension really a lot sooner. But, you know, that probably wouldn't work, and I'm definitely not a filmmaker, so take what I have to say about that as a grain of salt. But I would have liked more of that tension and less of the oh there's there's dudes and people that were blowing up and things like that um so the idea of as dalton was talking about the other and having one group of people being alienated um versus another and there's this witch trial going on of who's going to be the who's the real source of all of the evil or the who's the perceived threat and I found it interesting I wanted to do some research And I'm like, okay The fact that the guys were from Norway What does that mean? Because that It keeps on being brought up A lot in the fact that Kurt Russell's like Oh, they're Swedes No, they're from Norway It kept on being, kept on being reiterated Over and over again So I did some digging I just looked up pretty briefly So what happened in Norway in the 80s? Well, one thing that Please happened. tell me One thing that happened in Norway During the 80s In 1981, Norway was the first country in the world to prevent homosexual discrimination. And then I saw it. It was like a light from heaven beamed upon my head. Of course, they're all dudes. They're all trapped together. And then they're all accusing each other of being a homosexual. And the tension...
1: Infected with the Norwegian virus. Yes. Oh, I get it.
2: Yeah. The fact that they're just... All accusing each other of being gay, and they just can't get over it because it's apparently contagious, right? Isn't wasn't that the kind of dominant thinking that someone else can make you gay, and someone else can oh do God. you a bad turn and infect we certainly you? Certainly don't want to get gay on you, right? And they and they walk among you, but they're really the secret and evil this, group of people. Well,
0: this film is, you know, like just before the. The heat of the the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. God.
2: And then everyone, you know, and nobody knows who is infected with AIDS and HIV, which is, you know, still there's no cure for that. And so they walk amongst you. And so that just was was such a powerful thing. This huge tie that makes me even want to watch this movie again with just looking at it through that lens, honestly, just to, now that I know it, know what happened during that time. And um, I would love to give Carpenter the credit in saying that he had to have been aware of something about that. That would be so cool. Because why would we reinforce Norway so much? Why Norway? I know they're they are a nation, but he could have picked he could have picked Sweden. He could have picked Germany. And it was the lots fact... Lots of
0: countries have research. Lots of countries
2: have research stations. Lots of countries have weird languages that probably nobody else especially an American, would understand. But th- he picked that one, and I'd like to say it was. It would be cool if it was beca- for that reason, because, I mean, what is probably the greatest witch trial of our time? Probably being gay. I mean, we don't have that communism thing, but anytime someone comes out in Hollywood, at least in the 2000s or 90s, I mean, still being communist is kind of bad for being a politician, but people can say it and not be to the populace isn't upset unless they're a baby boomer, but, you know, it's, if, if, uh-huh. but in the 2000s and 90s, if you came out as being gay, even in the 80s, definitely, in Hollywood or it's anything else, thing. it's a big deal, and people were like, and I remember in high school, there was that kind of witch hunt about being gay, I mean, and that was, that was like late 2000s high school, you know? Teenagers
0: are terrible
1: people.
2: Yes, they are, you know? And... The fact that there's the whole... I contest
1: the point that they're people, but go ahead.
2: <laughs> they might all just be a thing, or the things, mm-hmm. from space. They're
1: definitely things.
2: Mm. What you
0: say. My brain just exploded. That's a fabulous reading of this movie. Yeah.
2: And I, I want
0: to know if there's anybody else who's done the homophobic reading of this movie.
2: It would be really, really great yeah. to see. Especially since they're kind of erotic? I don't, is that the proper application of that? I, could, I would say it both. could go yeah. both ways. It's yeah. because the facts, no nothing
0: nobody. All right, that's fine.
2: Well, there's no like there's no chicks on that research station at all, and any of those parts could have been a female very easily. I mean, it's not like there yeah. was anything that's yeah. had like dick jokes or something. I don't know, but
1: well, there were scientists in the '80s that were women.
2: Yeah.
0: They had. A couple. <laughs> they were narrating computer chess. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they existed. They were there studying things in Antarctica. Yeah. No, I think it's definitely it's a definitely deliberate choice, uh, for sure. I think the question is why did he make that choice, and I think that really is where you get opened up to a lot of the analysis you can take from this film. Yeah. Certainly, I I really love that take, Alex.
1: Well, thank you, Miss Bohannon, very much for uh, that mind-blowing reading. Uh, Mr. Arthur Gordon, what analysis bring you?
3: In their exploration of the sci-fi and horror genres in the cinema book, Pam Cook and Mike Bernick uh, devote quite a bit of time to Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, Within the essay, they explore the theory of The Thing being a prime example of the modern horror story, saying, quote, the film displays a horrific and comic transgression that affects those on screen, as it does us, the audience, and at the same time draws attention to it as a special effect, a spectacular violation at the limits of what it is to represent the human body. End quote. They go on to quote Philip Brophy and say that the film's quote result is a cinema of the moment concerned neither with the past nor future existing only for immediate effect. End quote. To me, so. to me in many ways this is problematic. Carpenter's work is about many things. However, I don't think any of those things is to solely act to show off and exist at the moment. Uh, that is not to disregard the magnificence of the film's special effects, uh, which are still mesmerizing three decades later. Uh, certainly the effects are at the center of the film, but it's also a film filled with plenty to dissect, as Alex just showed us. Mm-hmm. Any number of the theories could apply here. Freudian and Lacanian psychoanalysis, mm-hmm. Marxism, adaptation, and tour theory could all be applied, and you would find that you're dealing with a film of many layers. In his review of the film, Steve Jenkins echoes this thought, though, that the effects exist in and for themselves and calls it a modernist move. However, Cook and Burnick argue uh, that this fetishist appeal of special effects was simply an answer to the effects of latent films of the day uh, coming out of the period of Star Wars and Alien, contemporaries of the Thing. Carpenter is simply applying those same high-profile effects to his own film, and it has done wonderfully. Rob Botton and Stan Winston deserve all the credit that they receive, and it is certainly understandable that the effects would steal the spotlight from the film. However, you can't deny the script, the performances, the direction, and the mise-en-scene on display.
0: Did you happen to see why uh, Stan Winston didn't want to get credit? Did you see that? I, be- I don't know. No. He-, he came in because Rob Bogden was, like, exhausted. Like, he had to, like, like he literally was, like, like working, like, sem- like, nervous breakdown level <laughs> 72 hours straight, yeah. no sleep. And he helps with the dog. Yeah. Helps set up the dog thing. He's like, no, I don't want credit because everything else is him. Yeah, and I don't want to take cool. away from him. I think that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So we have a film that explores the fear of the unknown and change and isolation in Cabin Fever. Uh, you have the first studio film from an independent genre king. You have a film that is highlighted as one of the best from the eighties. Certainly, the thing is a film that has to be looked at in hindsight to recognize what's really going on. The thing is truly a landmark of sci-fi horror filmmaking. And to discount it or any film solely because one aspect seems to shine above the rest. Maybe it is service to that work and the people who put it together. When I said that That's checks
0: out, I want, yeah, I want to clarify. When I said that checks out, I didn't mean that they're right. I mean that it's definitely a film that lends itself to you just being like, well, that was something. That was, yeah. that was a movie. Yeah. Like, And you never think about it again. Yeah. And there's some films that are like that. Um, but, I mean, obviously, it stood the test of time. Yeah. 30 years, so clearly something's going on. I agree.
1: I like that reading very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon.
0: Sometimes you gotta you got to tell other Critics and analysts that they're wrong. Good job, Arthur. Yeah,
1: very well played. Uh, what I want to talk about um, kind of uh, dovetails with some of the things that Alex has said, and also some of the things I think that Dalton has said so far tonight. And as I was watching the film, and I was already aware of his lack of female characters, I was not aware that the only female character was the voice of the chess machine, which was voiced by John Carpenter's then wife,
2: oh.
1: who is killed uh, by whiskey. By whiskey. So mm-hmm. we're reading that But you will, dear listener. And I was also thinking about race. Mm-hmm. And I you know, because you know, you get in the northern climates and you begin to think about that. And of course there there are there are several African or at least two African American characters. It seems that race is sort of the thing that's, you know, not really being bandied about although there's sort of eighties kitschy uh Roller skates and Stevie Wonder.
2: Yes, yeah, skates. Stevie Good Wonder grief. And,
1: and, you know, Jive. Man, come on now. Yeah. And, and lots of reefer being smoked. So there's all of that. Um, there, there's that um, Windows character who's also sort of the uh, radio operator in David Cronenberg's uh, Videodrome. And so, oh shit, is that the same guy? I, th- I think so. I didn't oh, look wow. it up, but he looks just like him, so I would be shocked. I'd be more surprised to find it that it wasn't him. You're, you're, you're saying that he's...
0: Um, of he's, a... he's Latino. Wait, was he really? I think so. I thought you were about to say that he was jewish like vaguely Jewish
1: I, w- I was gonna go with Latino Because he always um, Calls uh, What does he call uh, uh, Jeff, James Woods' character He always says uh, Not cabrona swearing He calls him uh, jefe or something yeah. like Oh in video drama oh. yeah, He's okay. always saying something to him in Spanish in the yes. Okay, yeah. I thought just, you know, because Checks he was out. the nerd character he was. No.
0: And when I say, so to clarify listener, what I meant to vaguely Jewish I mean vaguely Jewish in a Hollywood
1: type sense In that they have the sort of Jerry Curl afro for a white guy and the,
0: Yeah, and they're, you know, doing smart things
1: And so, but I was thinking about that And I was thinking about the Norwegians mm-hmm. a little bit as a culture Which was also a major hotbed for hiding Nazi fugitives um, A great many went to Norway and to Sweden and whatnot. And then I was just thinking about the actual content of the film itself being one of these infection purging sort of films that like there's this infection. Uh, zombie films do the same thing so you don't really know who all a carrier but they're dangerous and you don't want to be around them and of course you have to um, somehow um, deal with them in, in really kind of cold and callous kind of ways. And then I realized what analysis I'd like to bring which is not just to the thing but to all of these sort of infection, uh, sort of zombie, sort of alien, whatever types of films, is that they're all fascist fantasies, where you get to be a fascist, where you get to find a person whose blood is impure, who are no longer fully human in the way that you're human, that you 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 can fritter them away into concentration camps, where they can be relocated and separate from the general population, so as not to spread their infection upon those, and that you can massacre them without prejudice or without any sort of feeling because actually, truly, they're less than human.
2: That checks out. I, I, I think it really does. I want
1: to point out, listener, that Dustin likes
0: zombie stuff a lot. I do. A lot. A lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Before anybody freaks out.
2: I,
1: wow. Uh, but, now, now here, here's the thing. I, 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 I think there is this sort of dark, broken part in human character where we all sort of want to be Nazis. Well,
0: we talked about it on Dread. Fascism's sexy. Mm It really is. It really is, is, yeah. And I I think think what we need to to, to clarify this with, because saying, you know, we want to be Nazis is extreme, and I think is going to confuse some people, to be perfectly honest. Um, (laughs) And be like, uh, what are you saying, Dustin? Uh, I think, Dustin, if I may, what I think you're getting at is that sense of unquestionable impunity, that sense of absolute certainty of cause Yes, is what's sexy about that we
1: are absolutely right they are absolutely impure we can do blood tests
0: and if we don't do this then we will all if we don't stop them we're dead we're all dead yeah we'll all
1: be consumed right They'll, they'll overrun us you know all these crazy gypsies and polacks and Jews coming into our country. They'll overrun us, they'll take over our culture. There won't be any human left. In in 27,000 hours, which is roughly three years, there's none of us left. We've got to do something to eradicate the threat right now. And even if we are unable to do so, if it looks like we're losing the fight, we can do something like, I don't know, maybe a final solution. Which may end them all, and maybe we'll all die in the process, but at least maybe we'll have solved the problem so that it does not spread to the rest of humanity, even though we, the victorious few that are fighting here, may fail at our task. And you know what? The thing is that this plot, the thing is not unique to the thing. It is, no. it, is, it is in a great many zombie films. Alien? It's, it's in quite, yes, it's in quite a few vampire films. It's quite a few different sort of infection films. And, and I, I don't know, you know, we talk about how Hollywood, especially in sort of the popcorn, the big budget action, tends to emphasize and retouch the extreme of the right wing, the, the most frightening sides of the right wing. And uh, I'm going to have to say, the more I've thought about this, the more I realize that these sort of infection, you know, and I'm thinking about the TV show The Strain, on which I'm I'm on a podcast about that right now. They are really excuses, even though that particular film or TV series is doing some things to criticize fascism. It's got an actual former Nazi as one of the vampiric characters in the TV show. It it seems to me, though, they themselves function as an excuse where you can have this absolute sort of moral high ground where you know who's really human, who's really pure, and who really isn't, and you can exterminate, slash, take away their rights, slash, incarcerate them without trial, at will, and it's somehow justified and frighteningly entertaining. And so I'm I'm really disturbed by my watching of this film. This week, huh? That's an interesting reading. I do
2: to think, think about like further
1: it. reactions. I don't think know. Think
2: about it. I mean, it makes sense because Kurt Russell's character, and I wish I can't remember his name, but the guy he ends up stuck with at the very He's end. David. Thank you very much. Keith David, because I know he's a famous person. I just boobed on his name. So wonderful. Um, So Kurt Russell had it in for Keith David. I just don't feel like they ever got along. And then in that blood testing scene, he's just like, do it, do it, do it. And then Kurt Russell's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And he's going to be an impure person, and I'm going to get to kill him, and it's going to be awesome. And then he does it, and then he's not, at least at that point. And and so I can really see that reading, and especially... What you just said Like he wanted To be justified In putting a cap In him Like seriously
0: That being said Without like Justification He didn't do it And I don't know What that says But he didn't
1: Right Except for Clark Who makes an attack On him He shoots him Right in the face Well Clark Tried to stab him well, there is that. So it's sort of a self-defense sort of thing. But you know, there is this statement made by Keith Davis' character about, I "Man, you just murdered that guy. Shooting yeah. first yeah, yeah. and asking questions later." But it's, it's sort of like, well, you know, after the burning of the Reichstag, I mean, what else do you left to do? And
2: uh, it, it, it
1: seems to be the same sort of justification.
2: He couldn't have shot David Davis without the rest of them turning on him. He that would have told him that would have told them that he was one of the thing. Parts. I don't
1: know. I don't either. I don't either. But
0: that's. I mean, I don't think it's not valid. I mean, I think that's definitely there. I I just. I'm. I'm interested to think now, really hard on infection films as a genre Mm
3: -hmm. uh, of a
0: sort, and as fascist fantasies. Well, I, I don't know because there's so much going on in in so many infection things. There's so much going on that I feel like there's readings that override those reading, that Yeah, writing, you Absolutely, know what I mean?
2: absolutely Well, a but word can have multiple readings Yeah, it's
1: just, an, it's, wow I, I've Steve. never made a reading that made me more sad <laughs> yeah. because I like these movies Yeah. and I'm not sure what that says about me now
0: I think we gotta think about it some more and I think, you know, it, at the end of the day it does what we, we do a lot of the show is the things you like might not always be
1: so ideologically shiny
0: you know, take the time to think
1: about that mm-hmm. so, there you go Well, let's move on thank you so much for that analysis dear listener we'd love to hear what you think about what we've said tonight
3: what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it i award you no points And may God have mercy on your soul.
1: And now we move on to a time where we must choose. You must choose. But choose wisely. That's right, dear listener. We must choose Shelf or Trash, else or instead, when it comes to John Carpenter's The Thing. I ask you, Dalton what say you? I'm going to say Shelf.
0: I think um, for the flaws that it has, this film is still so awesome and, and you can see 30 years later why people are still talking about it and still watching it i mean the special effects alone uh which you know figured uh, uh strongly in arthur's analysis i mean those alone make this film worth viewing to me I, I think there's other things of you know general pacing and suspense building uh things going on here and, and there's enough of this film being referenced to this day and obviously there's this thing is name-checking things that ha- came before. But, I mean, it has continued to carry on a line of uh, of suspense building that I think we see echoed uh, continually. So, check it out, man. If only for historical purposes. I still think it's a really solid horror thriller. Uh, else, I would say, check out The Grey, which we did last week. I mean, it's a movie about tough guys doing tough guys shit in the cold. Being pursued by a, a unfeeling force. Weird, as I was watch- we watched this, I was like,
1: man, this
0: A very accidental perfect double feature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they they really complement each other quite well, I think, just in terms of general plot uh, sort of things. I would also recommend you check out Robert Rodriguez's The Faculty, which we did our fourth or fifth episode over. No. This is our second episode. Second episode. Second Second episode, which Dustin hates uh, but it's got a sweet homage to the blood test scene, yeah. in which they all got a snort speed. Um, <laughs> and Elijah Wood has the immortal line "Showdown," <laughs> which, which, and it's not that I don't know why I said it gruff. It just happened. He goes, no, "He's not gruff at all." <laughs> he goes, <laughs> "Showdown uh, between Josh Hartnett and." Um, he said something about a generically ring. jock guy. It's such a cool scene, though. Uh, Dustin should shut up and quit dissuading other hosts who haven't seen the faculty from not seeing it. Um, because other people at this table like it. Uh, and that's really all, all I thought of. Obviously, check out some more Carpenter. Uh, since we talked about infection films and fascists and James Woods came up briefly uh, <laughs> when we talked about Videodrome, check out John Carpenter's Vampires, because James Wood kills vampires, and it's cool. It's not a good movie, but it's fun.
1: So maybe check that out, too. Well, thank you very much for that, Mr. Daltonster. Miss Alexandra Bohannon. Jumper trash, else or
2: I feel like I'm making. I think this might be my first straight up trash. Not even gonna say stream it. I'm sorry for breaking any hearts here, but I'm not gonna pull any punches on saying I like this movie. I think the special effects, as mentioned before, have great merit. They're fun and fantastic and disgusting, but I enjoyed every second of the special effects and enjoyed hiding behind my pillow and then peeking out from over it to see them. Um, but, I mean, you can you can watch them in a com- compilation clip on YouTube. I don't feel like... I would say watching a movie just for the historical significance of special effects, it, unless there is something drawing you to the plot, is kind of just... I hate saying a waste of time, but yeah, people, we're busy people with busy lives. I mean, it, the special effects are really important, but... Um, I think that you could definitely just get caught up on those by watching it on YouTube if you were super interested. I'm not that busy. Yeah. But I did have fun watching the movie. And, you know, if you like fun, maybe check it out. Okay, um, other movies. So an Else, an Else film, a couple Else films, Anything Verhoeven. Love that gory violence and fun and enjoyable plots to boot. And I would also check out... um, well, it's not a Pegg's movie, but Simon Pegg's The World's End. I feel like they have really kind of complimentary well. plots, Dude. but I don't want to... A
0: little body-snatching body going on. Here yeah,
2: here. don't want to be too spoilery, but it's, it's fun and it has a lot of similar elements, and I love every moment of The World's End. So um, definitely check those out, and um, of course, um, more from him, too. So there you go.
1: Thank you very much Ms. Bohan and Mr. Arthur Gordon Shelf or Trash Else or Instead? Oh,
3: don't trash it and for a lot of people it is a shelf worthy film as Dalton has stated uh, and as I said it's not a bad movie by any means it's just not my cup of tea personally I'd shell it for its importance and for use in a pedagogical setting and ironically it is on my shelf uh, for the show um, I would say Else certainly pair it with The Grey as Dalton said uh, The Shining Alien uh, From Dusk Till Dawn I think it'd be a lot of fun with this And just to spite dust and watch the faculty as well. (laughs) Bones. Well, thank
1: you very much for that, Mister Arthur Gordon. I am also going to say trash. I don't think there's any reason why you have to see this movie. Throw you in the trash. It, it, <laughs> it's not
3: bad.
1: Throw
2: both of us into the trash. No,
1: I'm I just dusting. It, it's not bad. I mean, it's not something I hated like I hated the faculty.
2: Yeah, it, I didn't hate this movie at all.
1: It's just that there are other films that do what it does and and, and do those things better. That's right. And and so it's not essential in in, in cinematic watching, even in good trash watching If you want to see amazing uh, absolutely stellar special effects, you should watch David Cronenberg's The Fly from the same era and uh, take a look at those transformations and you get all your ooey gooey grossy and all of that sort of thing, but you also get sort of a subject matter of really, I think a much truer sense of body horror. If you want to talk about something that's kind you of You do quick, also get Jeff Goldblum which and is
0: yeah.
1: Goldblum Yeah, there is Jeff Goldblum and David Cronenberg
0: There's uh, another example <laughs> See, here I am now by myself uh, uh, talking to myself. That's, that's chaos
3: theory.
1: Um, I think also in, in terms of massively entertaining but still sort of ideologically troubling, you should look at a movie or a genre of movies also that is uh, cribbed from for this and take a look at John Ford's The Searchers. Uh, Starring the great John Wayne, which is all about um, interracial marriage, miscegenation, and just how frightening that is uh, for those 50s audiences. And uh, maybe or maybe not, the right conclusion is made at the end. I let the dear listener be the judge of that.
0: Miscegenation.
1: Miscegenation.
0: I don't know why I know how to pronounce that. That's weird. What did I say? I don't know, but it was... Okay, Wrong. miscegenation. That. I don't know why I know how to pronounce that. I see all the letters. Oh, I watched a oh Brother War though, the other day. There's there we that.
1: go. Anyway, interracial marriage. That's what we're talking about there with The Searchers. Uh, finally, I think, uh, as far as zombies and siege films and that sort of thing, and The Infected, I think you should check out uh, George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Always. Which is a great siege movie that is really, truly, utterly claustrophobic. It seems to me that the wide-open spaces of the Arctic Tundra actually work against The claustrophobia that is trying to be achieved in this film and that farmhouse there in Pennsylvania, uh, I think, absolutely does that. Also, I gotta say this about Kurt Russell and uh, his piloting. You know, there's a moment of bravery later on when the wind's kind of crazy, it goes up anyway. But early on, when they're coming from the Norwegian outpost and they're like oh the wind's kind of crazy out here I don't know if we ought to go out and then I sort of have to talk Kurt Russell and taking the plane up and then he does or the, air, the, the the helicopter and then he does and he gets to the site it's like the stillest prettiest day ever when they get to the norwegian site I'm like how much what does it take for this guy I mean what kind of I mean when can he fly what a, what a chicken I was <laughs> <laughs> just picturing
0: a there's a really quirky character that's like no no he's, no, no, I can't do that. It's but you're too, the best. Yeah, now, now's not good for me. It's too pretty. I can't fly right now. <laughs> I,
1: I need it to be Gale Force. So. Uh, it's, it's too choppy right now. It's too much chop. <laughs> you know about
0: chop. Chop your fucking credit cards. I'll show you chop. <laughs>
1: But thank you so much, dear co-host, for your uh, shelf of trash as else's or instead. Dear listener, you might have some homework. And dear listener, we'd love to hear about your shelves and trash ratings of the thing, also your else's and instead's. And of course, as we said earlier, we'd like to hear what you think about the analysis that we've brought forth thus far. That being said, we give you the opportunity to do that through that magical means we all know as social media, which has hand gestures now. Mr. Arthur Gordon. Do you, know anything
3: about social media? you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash good trash genre cast one word we do have a bit of feedback coming back uh, from the masterful Caleb Masters. If Caleb is chiming in on the Han versus Luke uh, oh, debate that we had during the Lego movie discussion which really turned into not who would you rather be but just who is better which is obviously Han. Yeah as obviously we all he's cooler. But uh Caleb says, on the Han vs. Luke debate from the Lego Movie discussion, I think Dustin's argument for Luke vs. Han is totally off base. In the typical hero's journey, nobody's favorite character is ever the hero. In Star Wars, almost nobody wants to be Luke. Everyone wants to be Han. In Harry Potter, nobody would pick Harry as their favorite character. You'll hear Hermione, Snape, Hagrid, the Weasley twins thrown out there, but nobody picks Harry. To use one last example, nobody ever picks Frodo as their favorite character in Lord of the Rings. Why is this? Because for whatever reason, our main characters are usually painted as such a common man that they lack the charm and personality we all love.
0: Aragon doesn't even have charm or personality. He's just got sheer badassery. Yeah, he does. Just, well, also, Vigo. Vigo.
3: Vigo. Mm. They are dealing with the issues most of us face in the day-to-day and never seem larger than life. Uh, thus, Han is, uh, is more charming than Luke. Hermione is smarter than Harry. And Gandalf is, is more powerful than Frodo.
1: I'll take that as long as we all acknowledge that Han Solo is Luke's sidekick. No, he is, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, just like <laughs> just like Jack's,
0: just like Jack Sparrow's Orlando Bloom sidekick. But nobody, I can't even tell you what his name in that movie is. Oh,
2: Will, Will something. Will Will
3: something. Will, Will. Will Arnett. Grayson Will Will Turner Yes Will Turner, Turner. Right, Oh I was trying to make
1: a joke Cause he's Bill Turner's boy
0: That's right, That's
2: right. Will, I'm surprised I pulled that from my brain Jack. Wikipedia. Will Graham No
0: <laughs> Will I'm gonna Jack get you Spirit? Jack Sparrow
3: <laughs> Who stole the boat Jack
0: I'm just sorry, now, now I'm my, I'm down a rabbit hole of Will's? Jack no, Sparrow quotes. No, I, no, of, of, down Han- a rabbit hole, dear of <laughs> Hannibal Pirates of the Caribbean Crossovers Crossover. <laughs> What? Shit. Will, Will Graham This is uh, from the Hannibal. From Hannibal Red Dragon The series Hannibal with the novel Red
1: Dragon
2: You goofy fan fiction writers, I swear uh,
1: Well thank you very much for that Mr. Arthur Gordon I'm so glad to have that feedback coming in from the facey Facebook Mr. Dalton Stewart, do you know anything else about other means of magical social media by which the listener can have a conversation? Dustin,
0: I know I'm human. And if you were all these Twitters, then you just attack me right now so some of you are still human. This Twitter doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. If it takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then, Twitter's won. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find the Good Trash Genre cast on Twitter at good underscore trash.
1: Don't we got any feedback coming in from the Twitter?
0: Well, we certainly do. Um, I teased this week's episode um, on the Twitter account by saying, splitting up always seems like a good idea at the time, hashtag the thing, to which Caleb Masters replied, all caps, never split the party. Yeah, good point. Uh, Don't do that. Uh, See the cabin in the woods Where the only reason they split up is chemicals being pumped into the cabin Even Thor Knew that it was a dumb idea to split up So take that under advisement Lots of retweets and favorites So you know That makes me happy Um, Mostly of a a thing uh, From Badass Digest I linked Maybe read that if you care about video games Uh, It's worth your time For sure uh, Caleb Masters wanted to let us know uh, because he sent this in before we posted last week's show that uh, from Dust till Dawn the series is finally on Netflix. We talked about that last week, but uh, thanks for getting the word out there, Vesley.
1: Vesley or Masters? Because you said both names.
0: I meant Vesley was the one talking about from Dust till Dawn. Sorry, Vesley. Uh, Masters, I don't apologize to you. Brigham Cole Shot us a link For Rosewater Which is Jon Stewart's uh, Directorial debut um, Mm. About Sad things Starring uh, Gael Garcia Brunel Who is Spanish but Playing a Egyptian Person Egyptian Egyptian. Okay So uh, but anyway uh, I'm really interested In that film Uh, It's been a long road Coming for it And um, I can't wait To see it frankly we also got a mention by Stitcher Radio's Twitter account for Whoa. our episode. Of the it seems like they frequently mention shows, uh, podcasts that use their services, and just say, "Hey, this is a thing." But uh, thanks for that, Stitcher Radio. That's awesome. Lots of retweets and favorites, as always. But we had some entries from Brigham Cole for our game: Liam Neeson versus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the worst title... Okay, go ahead.
0: Live, one night only, watch Liam Neeson vs. Bear. Grizzled Irishman versus Grizzly Bear. $1. fifty domestics, Tuesdays at the fair. <laughs> You're Liam Neeson vs. I'm not done. <laughs> Liam Neeson vs. The Mighty Hippopotamus in the gritty adaptation of Hungry Hungry Hippos.
2: Oh my gosh! No way! <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, Liam Neeson vs. a kangaroo. And finally... Liam Neeson versus the Mighty Gorilla in King Kong two, Metropolitan Boogaloo. I don't know yes. why any of us did not think of Liam Neeson versus King,
2: King Kong. Kong. Yeah. I classic. mean seriously. Uh, did I we just, say Godzilla? No. I can't remember.
0: No. All I know is we mentioned Godzilla jawsing open several times, but uh, okay. uh, and
1: yet we never got to Godzilla, no. nor did we ever get to King Kong. I do want to failure on our
0: I want to point out that Metropolitan Boogaloo is one of the funnier things I've heard recently. <laughs> so good job, Ruth and Cole. That's all the feedback we've got coming in from the Twitter this week, guys.
1: Thank you so much for all of that social media feedback, dear listener. Please connect to us in those places. Also, give us a five-star rating there at the iTunes. Obviously, ratings at the Stitcher Internet Radio is much appreciated. And, of course, you can find us at our Tumblr page, which is uh, goodtrashundercast.tumblr.com. Dear listener, however, I must look upon my watch and realize it's time to play the game. It's time to
2: play the game. Time
1: to play the game! The game is How would you know that your GTGC co-hosts are infected and are aliens? That's right! How to know if your GTGC co-hosts are
0: infected by aliens. Brought to you by The Thing. The Thing! When you don't trust gays, communists
1: and want to be a fascist watch The Thing. Because you'll be supported in your jerky faciness. Moving right along, Miss Alexandra Bohannon. Okay. What are your picks? M- okay, you know?
2: I, I just have one solution, but it's kind of in depth, so please bear with me as I establish this. Okay, first of all, I would, I would learn from all of you if any of you had a food allergy. Okay, just, okay, do any of you have a food allergy? No.
0: It's Cast iron it's just cast iron down there, yeah. Okay. Take anything. Aren't there food allergies? Okay,
2: okay, well that's no. fine. I can still set up my my scheme. Okay, next I would make something that was really hazardous to choke on. Okay. Okay. Okay, so I would then try and induce you all to choke on food, drink, ice cubes, whatever.
0: Oh, so this is one of those, like, if she floats, she's a witch and we kill her. If she drowns, sorry, not no. No, no,
2: we're, we're still even, not even there yet. So, as people start to ingest whatever it is that they start to choke, I will try and give them the Heimlich. And if their chest breaks open, then I know that they're the thing.
1: Okay, um, that is actually a real possibility of occurring. You're going to be very close to us when we're like revealing. Right. Our okay. Finishes. But this here's the
2: thing because you're not what laying. Is the thing? You're, <laughs> I am the thing because you're not laying prone. <laughs> I am the because thing because you're not laying prone, and I'm not trying to like pump your chest. Gotcha. You can. I can. I can just let go of okay. you All and right. know. Push. I, yeah because I'm and then.
0: So so if we if we had had a food allergy, what was the.
2: Well, it would be easier to induce choking in you because you yeah. probably, your chest, your would, throat would close. You know, just give
0: us a damn EpiPen because we're the thing, we're probably not going to have a food allergy anymore.
2: Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. See, but all of this revolves around doing the Heimlich and cracking our chest open.
1: Wow, that's disturbing.
0: Well,
2: I thanks. thought of this
1: a long time. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Ms. Bohan. Mr. Arthur Gordon, how would you know if your co-hosts were the thing?
3: Dalton goes more than a minute without interjecting. He could be an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin actually enjoys A Robert Rodriguez film That isn't From Dust Till Dawn He might be an alien Dalton dislikes A David Fincher film Especially Fight Club He could oh, be an alien Oh yeah That's
2: yeah. obvious
3: Alexandra boldly And quickly proclaims The first two Harry Potter films To be the best oh. And the rest of them To be garbage oh. She could be an alien <laughs> Dustin balks at Anything noir Horror or Hitchcock He could be An alien
1: very good. I do have a taste. There, there is some truth to that. Thank you very much, Mr. Arthur Gordon. Mr. Dalton Stewart, what are your selections? I don't How think, would you know?
0: I don't think I want to follow that. <laughs> uh, I'd only gotten as far as as Arthur, <laughs> uh, and really, I would just keep talking about tricks. And if he didn't interject with illusions, Dalton. I'd be like, alright, I gotta light him on fire now.
2: <laughs> See, but I was thinking that they know your idiosyncrasies, and they know your brain patterns, so they were able to mimic you in exactly everything. That's why I wanted to or, crack this, your a They
0: all open. seemed a little... Oh,
2: stop. Sh- sh- don't. <laughs> it was always the quiet one, you know, they
0: had
1: affected yeah, the whole
0: time. They talked time. like the least. Month. They went out yeah. of their way to not... So, yeah. If I shut up for a moment, please light me on fire, because oh, okay. I'm already gone. Mm-hmm. All right,
2: I'll, I'll write that down and use it as a permission.
0: The only other thing that I came to mind was, again, talk a lot of shit on Harry Potter, and if Alex doesn't try to defend it, then clearly <laughs> she's been lost. <laughs> yes,
2: definitely. Uh,
0: and really, if Dustin uh, doesn't act smug in any time,
1: <laughs> then clearly hurtful. he has become oh, one my. of the dark ones. Hurtful, hurtful, hurtful. Okay. You know I love you, buddy. Here, here, here are my solutions, which are, are, are very idiosyncratic, very, very small things that I happen to know about the co-host. So, dear listener, I'm about to pull back the curtain just a little bit, and you're about to know uh, a little bit of information about our dear co-host. Um, oh, first nice. of all, Miss Bohannon. Oh. Um, I, I think we'd have a conversation about how handsome a man looks or doesn't look whence, reading a sweat, whence, whence wearing a sweater vest. <laughs> Because we've had more than one conversation about this, haven't we? Yes. (laughs) And I won't tell you which way that goes.
2: Gosh, that's really forever ago.
1: (laughs) But it's very specific, and there's no way the aliens would know. That's true. Right? (laughs) If I were to ask Arthur if he remembers, and he fails to belt out singing from Adele, Don't you remember? Then I know he's infected as an alien. Mr. Dalton Stewart, what I would do is just go ahead and shoot him in the head, because you know you can't uh, be too careful.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> just needs, kidding. You ignorant <laughs> slut. <laughs> If he doesn't call you an ignorant slut, you're nope, probably an alien.
1: What, what, what happens with Dalton is he just comes over early for recording, and if I've cooked food and he eats it, I kill
2: him. Oh, there you go. There you go.
1: <laughs> Immediately. Because he will not eat my food if I cook it. I don't know what's wrong with him, is so but strange. he hates my food. It's not true. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> All men I specifically invited over will eat my food. I don't understand. It's a very strange view. I do I, I feel bad. It's
0: weird. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> this was
1: a very personal game.
0: <laughs> it was a little bit. It was bit. very attacky. I'm not comfortable <laughs> right now. <laughs> I
2: think I'm going to leave. <laughs> I think... I don't think I like you guys anymore. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to crack your chest open. I wasn't you're doing anything.
1: You <laughs> <laughs> I still stick with my plan A for adult. This should You can't be too careful, uh, dear listener. With friends like these, am I right, listener? Yeah, dear listener. How would you be able to tell if your GTGC hosts?
2: They all have their
1: own GTGC <laughs> podcast now, right? And like, like, like if they have like their own little drinking games based on the weird things that and we, we do. do. I shudder to think. I, I am, I'm, I'm frightened to turn this loose, to unleash this upon the internet. But, dear listener, I would love to hear what you have to say, please, about us and how you would know whether or not we are aliens. Well. That was a lot of fun. actually. Yes. I hope you had fun as well, dear listener. It was quite personal and sort of individualistic, but I hope, I hope, I hope that you all had a very good time with listening to us have some banter together. Let's move on and conclude the show as we always do with what has got us fired up this week in pop culture. How about little fire scarecrow? Yeah, oh. oh, no. <laughs> Don't we fired up this week Mwah a little bit? Uh,
0: finally, finally got around to getting to play Hotline Miami from Revolver yes. Studios. Uh, it's good. basically, um, drive the game is the best way I can think to describe it. It's, uh... So accurate. It's, a uh, an old school graphically game, uh, with a top-down perspective, so it's, it's, it looks like it should have been on Super Nintendo, but hyper-violent and just neon everywhere, just, just throbbing synth score Just, it's, it's fun and interesting and weird and surreal Dustin does not like video
1: games Dustin observed Dalton playing said video game Dustin wanted to play yeah. a lot however hey. Dalton and I were scheduled to watch a movie at that point and so we did not but dear listener ain't no joke this looks like lots of fun yeah. I, uh-huh. th- this is a rare I mean how rare like 87 episodes, rare yeah. endorsement of a video game from <laughs> right. it's
0: that's,
3: that's cute. It's like when my mom wanted to play Grand Theft Auto Vice City with me.
1: Aww. <laughs> it's very similar.
3: You yeah, know, actually.
0: I love
1: right. your mom, and she's a very sweet lady. And Mama Gordon, you got nothing but love for me, even though your ingrate son is trying to make jokes at your expense.
2: <laughs> oh, I guess he's getting no, Christmas I was present this year. calling you old. He's you. calling
1: you old. Oh. But but I think that's
0: why, by <laughs> extension you were calling your mother old. Oh, man, that's fair though. Anyway,
2: but if the listener is interested in Hotline Miami, I will be another person to say it is a fantastic video game. Even if you are not interested in playing it, watch a walkthrough on Wikipedia and try and learn. There's like two or three different endings that it's you can just get, so, it's and just and it's so interesting, like great plot too. It's oh, there's
1: it's
0: just surreal, step ma- like just slowly brain melting throughout the entire game and it just like encourages all these like weird like compulsive feedback loops for you can't stop playing. It's fabulous. I, I couldn't recommend it more strongly. Uh, it just got released on the PlayStation Network and I think also on uh, Xbox Live. So Find you, me a way to play it for free on yeah. a PC dear listener and I'll do it. You can Go play ahead. it
2: on Steam. You could have played it on Steam since the Steam sale of Christmas.
0: The, yeah, it's been on available uh, through Steam for quite a while but if you know if you're not a PC guy uh, or, girl, you know, fucking download this now. It's only 10 bucks. You know, it's worth it. Uh, finally, listener, I watched a film this weekend with Nick Sanford called Devil Times Five. Oh. Uh, from the early to mid 70s. Because on the commentary track for Sinister, the screenwriter said. I was really inspired by this movie And it's not good But something about it just kind of stuck with me for a long time So that was part of his impetus for Well the- I like Sinister Sinister's quite good um, And you can kind of see like w- Where the little little snippets of this film Might have inspired the screenwriter Listener it's a garbage movie But it is so much fun Oh my gosh it is a blast to watch It is absolute Bonkers insanity People had meetings about this movie also, 12-year-old Leaf Garrett's there. That's fun. It's so weird. Guys, this is the strangest movie I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Absolute insanity. It just doesn't make any sense at all. It's terribly made, and it's absolutely hilarious. I don't watch a lot of bad... Is this movies. like tro-
1: ca- Troll 2 sort of category? Yeah, or? oh,
0: for sure. I don't watch a lot of movies that I think are going to be bad listener, uh, so I don't get to see a lot of so-bad-it's-good movies. This, to me, is one of them. It's absolute craziness. Uh, Also, because we watched this, I got the great, great, great pleasure of seeing a trailer for Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde, which looks fabulous as well. Lots of great trailers in front of this, um, including a Tom Savini-directed film called Nightmare that I'd never heard of that looks pretty great. Um, That one, actually, unironically great. That looks pretty interesting. Uh, But yeah, check out Devil Times 5, because man, that was something
1: else. Wow. Huh. Wow. Wow. Thank you very much, wow. Mr.
3: Daltonster. Mr. Arthur Gordon, are you fired up this week? Eh, yeah, not really. Um, but I'd highlight a couple of films I'm looking forward to for this fall as There's we're moving out of the blockbuster out. season. Um, the first one is The Judge uh, with Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall, uh, who is a little. Uh, Prodigal Zun returning home type story. Uh, it's probably going to be kind of cheesy and tug the heartstrings, but I like both of those actors a lot, uh, especially Robert Duvall. And so I'm interested in that one. Uh, the second one is Gone Girl uh, from Mr. David Fincher, uh, which is going to be good.
1: Which there is no rule about this that applies to Mr. Gordon.
3: That's right. <laughs> and so I am looking forward to that. I like Affleck. I like David Fincher. I'm excited. Uh, finally, the third one that I want to point out is Tusk, which oh, is Kevin yes. Smith's new horror film, uh, following up Red State, which is a very good film, I think. Uh-huh. And so I am excited to see this one and what he has to offer again. The similarly
0: named Horns uh, is something I keep seeing more and more about. It's been in development for forever, it feels like.
3: You mean Harry Potter and the Devil Incarnate?
0: Yes. It <laughs> freaking great. Uh, it looks like based comics. on a novel by Joe Hill.
3: Okay. Yeah. It, okay.
0: The last trailer I saw for just kind of like melted my face a little uh-huh. bit.
3: I like Joe Hill.
1: Yeah, I know you do. So that's why I told you about it. Cool. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. Mr. Arthur Gordon, Miss Alexandra Bohan. Um, are you fired up this week?
2: Yes. Um, let me briefly talk about Dota real quick. We're getting a new update and very excited <laughs> about it. They're adding a character. I'm sorry. They're adding a character that is very controversial because his whole... You don't need to know anything about Dota, but his whole thing is that he um, detonates mine and mines and traps that you set throughout the map, and you can't detect them. They're invisible. And so he also has a self-destructing power. So it's... They've had, like, some runs in the test client, and... Uh, People that have this character on their team have a 9% higher loss rate than others. So he's going to be a detriment to both teams playing with him and against him. And it's going to be awful and fun. it's a
0: character for assholes to use,
1: essentially.
2: Yes. Okay. Meaning it it is the internet troll character. Oh, my. Yes. And so it's going to cause havoc. And people have been screaming about having this character for ages. And so they're getting it. And we're all going to hate it. For a while, okay, but it's exciting that something's happening there. Um, and then an actual thing outside of Dota is I started watching House of Cards. Finally, it's been on my mental cue for quite some time, and I am in love. And yeah, it's it is great, right? Fantastic! I Power. did not realize that uh, Venture did it. Another Fincher project um, and they also have the original miniseries the British miniseries on Netflix as well which I'm going to check out once I finish the uh, however many episodes that are on Netflix but man are they that's some great acting and directing it's it's and oh uh, that's rife for analysis it's straight fun. up That'll it's, be it's a good show fabulous so those are a couple of things I'm fired up about I like do now. feel
0: the need to point out yes as much as I like Venture Yes. He was only involved in the first two episodes, which is kind of a bummer. He's not the showrunner, and they kind of pitched it, like, when the yeah. show, They made it seem like he yeah. was the showrunner, and he's not, which is fine. He yeah. doesn't have time to be a showrunner. But, I mean, I think he's so influential in the look of that show by directing the first two episodes. I agree. Because the, the whole series looks like a Fincher movie, but... Uh, yeah,
2: I, yeah, oh, I see man. that.
0: Just Kevin Spacey's POWER! Yeah. Yeah, Joel Schumacher directs episodes three and four of them. Yeah. And they they are great. Joel yeah. Schumacher's yeah. episodes are really good. Yeah. Um, a lot of familiar names in yeah. the directing That's credits. Cool. Shows. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Shop off of faces yeah. And We've Prime. talked about it. I couldn't more highly agree with you, Alex. We've talked about the show quite a few times in the course of its life on this show. So good.
1: Dear listener, thank you so much uh, for listening to all that my co hosts have said. I also am fired up, but only about a single thing, and that being Jim Jarmuth's. Only Lovers Left Alive, starring the great uh, Tom Hiddleston and the greatest Dilda Mm Swinton. And uh, they are fantastic as Adam and Eve, uh, very ancient vampires who happen to be married, one living in Tangier, the other one living in Detroit, as one does. And uh, they are world-weary and sad and hipsters and loving of life and... More alive than the rest of us. And they call the humans zombies. Because we suck so much. We do. And we're not even the vampires. It it really is um, just a brilliantly set design piece. I had the opportunity to watch this in the home of one Mr. Dalton Stewart. And I have to give props to the viewing experience there at Studio Stewart. And, um, you want to watch movies? Come to my place. I got, I got it figured out. Good times were had by all, and so really enjoyed that and enjoyed the movie and recommended highly I am a person who knows a lot of things about vampires and this is a vampire movie that even though I saw much of what was coming coming plot wise what I saw visually I never saw coming. Oh my god! And that is something. It's I a, like it it's a much. good looking movie, guys. Ooh, I want to see it. Me yeah. too. Watch it. Watch it now. Well, thank you so much, dear co-hosts. For your picks. Dear listener, we'd love to hear about what you're fired up about this week, and we want to continue rifling right along down our Shocktober Horror Movie Marathon with next week's film. American. You want to say it, Miss Bohannon?
2: American Psycho.
1: Starring the great Christian Bale. Uh, this is one of the very few female director films that we're going to be tackling this uh, mm. On the show,
2: really? Never. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, we
0: Whichever.
2: don't ever. Oh, now I'm really sad. We don't
0: mean to. It just kind of happens. It doesn't that way. happen a lot. Well,
1: because I mean, you know, there's there's more women in Congress, percentage wise, um, per capita, than there are women in film directors
2: Oh my gosh! It's, and that's really low.
1: <laughs> I know.
2: We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, we yeah, got next week's show. It's a good
1: movie. Well, you should watch it, and I you like should it. like it, and you should have a conversation with the people that you care about after watching it, or other things that we've suggested this week because the movies are so much more than just 90 minutes and popcorn and buckets of soda no dear listener the movies are about how we can reflect on what we want what we desire what we fear or what we fear that we want and desire as may be the case with a thing and that conversation helps us live more meaningful fulfilling and satisfied lives that's what we do what we do so check out a movie have a great conversation and until next time dear listener we'll see you